Hello and welcome to another online liturgy, and not just any other one. We've got nobody else on stage with me because we're doing something called Home for Christmas. And so you'll see me and my family leading worship for this weekend and just cuddle up, cozy up with some hot chocolate in the PJs on the couch and sing loud as we celebrate the incarnation. Let's read together our call to worship on the screen. Almighty God, you have shed upon us the new light of your incarnate word. May this light, enkindled in our hearts, shine forth in our lives. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare Him room, and heaven and nature sing, and heaven and nature Sounding joy, repeat, repeat. 
you take this time to turn to the people with you in the room or you can fire a message to somebody on your heart and share these words of blessing that have power in the name of this Jesus that we celebrate being born. Say, may the peace of Christ be with you and respond and also with you. As we come to this time of prayer for ourselves, each other, and our world, in light of all of the great needs we see around us, we confess that we often don't know how to pray. The people of God across time and traditions have prayed litanies such as this to help unify their voices and turn their collective gaze from themselves to those who often go forgotten. They are also a way to remind us that God is good and knows what we need before a word is even on our lips, and that the success of our prayers is not dependent on the number or kinds of words that we use, but that a simple cry for help is enough. So today, let's join together with and for those in need and pray as one to the God who loves us. Let us pray with confidence to the Lord, responding, Lord, hear our prayer. O oh Lord, guide and direct your church in the way of unity, service, and praise. Today we join with and pray for Calgary First Church of the Nazarene and in from the cold. Together we pray, Lord, hear our prayer. Give to all nations an awareness of the unity of the human family. Together we pray, Lord, hear our prayer. Cleanse our hearts of prejudice and selfishness and inspire us to hunger and thirst for what is right. Together we pray, Lord, hear our prayer. Teach us to use your creation for your greater praise, that all may share the good things that you provide. Together we pray, Lord, hear our prayer. Strengthen all who give their energy or skill for the healing of those who are sick in body or mind. Together we pray, Lord, hear our prayer. 
Have mercy and deliver the oppressed, the poor, and the marginalized. Together we pray, Lord, hear our prayer. Set free all who are bound by fear and despair. Together we pray, Lord, hear our prayer. I invite us now to lift up the names of those who are currently on our hearts. Together we pray, Lord, hear our prayer. Grant a peaceful end and eternal rest to all who are dying and give your comfort to those who mourn. Together we pray, Lord, hear our prayer. Amen. Good morning. It's likely been a busy weekend. Christmas Eve on Friday, Christmas Day yesterday, Boxing Day today. This weekend will have looked different for everyone, but I expect there's been some combination or experience of a church service, family gatherings, festive meals, maybe some festive baking and treats, family traditions, and maybe some new experiences as we continue to adapt to life in a pandemic. Whatever your weekend has looked like so far, and whenever it is that you're watching with us, thank you for joining us for our online liturgy. From my house to yours and from our Southview Church family to yours, Merry Christmas. I don't know about you, but after the rush of Christmas, I often feel a bit of a sigh of relief. It's like that week between Christmas and New Year's provides some downtime. The wrapping paper gets cleaned up, 
The leftover turkey gets eaten. The gifts are being enjoyed. And maybe you're enjoying some time with family and friends at a bit more of a relaxed pace. In the Christian calendar, we've just spent the last month anticipating and celebrating the arrival of Christ. And here at Southview, we've been talking about a light that shines in the darkness. We've been pointing to Jesus who had come as the light of the world to light up the darkness of our lives and the world in which we live. After a month of pointing to him and anticipating his arrival, we're now left saying he came. We've celebrated We've lit the Christ candle. We've acknowledged he came as the light of the world. So now what? Well, this morning I want to dive into a question. I want to ask, what do we do with Jesus now that we've celebrated his arrival? In the aftermath of Christmas, what do we do with Jesus? We're in this week of potential downtime between Christmas and New Year's, and it's a week that people often take to reflect back and look ahead and often set new goals. How does Jesus factor into this week of reflection? This morning we're going to look at John chapter 1, where our Advent theme came from, and we're going to read on a bit and dive into that question. The question, what do we do with Jesus now that we've celebrated his arrival? So if you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to John chapter 1. We're going to look at verses 4 to 5 and then down to verses 9 to 13. And as we read, remember, friends, this is the word of God. So this is from John chapter 1, beginning in verse 4. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. As we come to God's word, let's just pause and pray and invite Jesus to speak. So Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you speak to us through your word. Help us to hear what you have in mind for us today. Holy Spirit, would you open our ears to hear your voice? Would you soften our hearts and our will to receive your word today and apply it to our lives? And we pray this in your name. Amen. So in verses four to five, Jesus is identified as life and light. He's called the light that shines in the darkness. We've spent the season of Advent diving into this reality and unpacking it, so I don't want to take too much more time on it today. But let's just pause for a moment and just gaze upon the light that is Jesus. Let me just tell a a quick story. So a few months ago, we brought a dog into our home, a little chocolate lab, eight weeks old. We called him Archie. And we've embraced Archie into our family and uh, have enjoyed getting to know him and him getting to know us. And we've been teaching him some things uh, as we have been getting to know him. Uh, We've taught him how to shake a paw and how to sit, how to lay down. And uh, one of the things that we've been working on is is going for walks with Archie. Um, Puppies take some time to figure out how to walk. They tend to 
stop and sniff and they want to meet everybody. And that's been Archie as well. But Archie's become pretty good at walking. But one of the challenges has been walking with Archie at night. And as the fall has progressed and the days have gotten shorter and the nights have gotten longer, whenever we've gone for a night walk, uh, it has posed a little bit more of a challenge. When I first started walking Archie at night, we would go into some of the pathways around our house that go behind the homes and they're not very well lit. And so in the dark, I think Archie was getting pretty nervous. And so what I've realized is as if I wanna walk with Archie at night, it's best to stay in the lit up areas to go on the sidewalks where there's uh, lights along the road, or if I'm gonna go on a path to go behind the homes where they're well lit up with Christmas lights. And as I've done this with Archie, as we've walked in the well lit areas, a few things have been noticeable. Archie's grown in his confidence. He's no longer as nervous or afraid. Um, it's given me a sense of hope that we might actually finish the walk without a lot of whining from Archie. Uh, it's given us a sense of vision to be able to see where we're going and direction to know how to get home. And I think some of these things that we've, I've experienced with Archie would be things that we can experience in our walk with Jesus as we look at him as the light of the world. Isaiah 9 verse 2 says, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. Those words give us a sense of hope. But if we find ourselves in the dark, we see the true light uh, invading the deep darkness and it brings hope to our hearts. Psalm 27 verse 1 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Jesus, as the light of the world, is our salvation. He is the light that brings salvation to us, and he drives out fear. He drives out darkness. Jesus is the light in the darkness, and we've gazed upon him through Advent. I wanted to just remind us of those truths today, that Jesus is the light. And the question I want us to really wrestle with this morning is the one I asked earlier. What do we do with Jesus now that we've celebrated his arrival? So let's look at verses 9 to 13 and sort of unpack a couple of options for response. In the book of John 1 verse 9, it says, The true light which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own people, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And so in these few verses, we see a couple of options for response of what do we do with Jesus now that we've celebrated his arrival. The first option is really to do nothing. It says that Jesus came into this world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not know him. And it goes on to say that he came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. And so the first option of what to do with Jesus now that we've celebrated his arrival is, is to do nothing, to reject him or to ignore him. But I'm assuming that if you're tuning in with us today, you have some desire to respond to Jesus. And so really the next option is what I want us to uh, consider. And it comes after the word but. Whenever you see a but in scripture, there's probably something important we need to pay attention to after and so in verse 12, it says, But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right 
to become children of God. So I want to encourage us to consider receiving Jesus. Now that we've celebrated his arrival, what do we do with him? We welcome him into our lives. We embrace him. We receive him. About 12 or 13 years ago, I was given a gift at Christmas that changed my life dramatically. And the gift was one of the first generations of the iPod. Now, I think when this gift was given to me, it wasn't given with the full intent of the kind of change that it could bring to a person's life. My wife, Tammy, gave this gift to me as a, a new device to listen to music. And, um, and so I embraced uh, this gift. I received it from her. And since that time, it truly has transformed our lives. What started out as a, a new device to load my music, to trans transition from CD to digital and load this digital content onto a little device that could be plugged into a stereo in my car or I could plug my earphones into and, and listen to my music. Uh, it started out as this sort of transition from, from CD to digital and then it went from there and it, it actually transformed technology in our home. We went from having an iPod to the next generation of iPod to an iPhone to both Tammy and I having iPhones to our kids growing up and getting iPhones and having iPads and then getting a Macintosh computer. And it really transformed the way we did technology. Apple and the iPod uh, made a huge difference in our lives. And if I went back to that moment where I was given that gift, that original iPod, I was, I was really given two options of what to do with it. If you're familiar with Apple devices, they come in these nice, crisp, clean, white packages. And when I received that gift from Tammy, I could have taken the nice, fancy box that the iPod was in, and I could have said thank you for that gift and put it on a shelf and left it alone and not really done anything with it. But instead, I opened the box and I pulled the iPod out. And though I didn't really know what to do with it, I quickly learned. I began to, to look up how to use the thing and put music on it and begin to, to make the most of this new gift that I was given. And I really embraced it in my life to the point where it changed things dramatically. Well, let's go back to our response to Jesus what happens when we receive Jesus and believe in his name, when we embrace him and welcome him into our lives and, and, and not just uh, accept him as a gift and put him on the shelf, but really have a posture of receiving him? What happens in our lives? Well, a transformation takes place that's much greater than any Apple product could have in our life. The scriptures say here in John chapter 1 that if we receive Jesus, if we believe in his name, we're given the right to become children of God. And so a transformation of identity takes place. We are given a new birth, a fresh start. If you were to read on in John chapter 3, a gentleman named Nicodemus uh, comes across Jesus and they have this exchange where Jesus says to Nicodemus, in order to see the kingdom of God, you need to be born again. And Nicodemus is confused. What do you mean? I have to go back into my mother's womb? And Jesus says, no, this is a work of God in your life. You can be transformed with this new identity. And as we think about this new identity as children of God, think about a new baby being welcomed into a home. And when a family brings home this new child, 
that, uh, that they've been blessed with, this child begins to grow up in the family. And this child has an identity that's rooted in the family. And this child begins to imitate mom and dad and the siblings and the rest of the family. The child grows up with this new, this identity that's formed and shaped by the family that they're in. And it's the same in our walk with God. As children of God, we're meant to grow up in the family of God. We're meant to embrace this new identity and begin to imitate our Heavenly Father. We're meant to learn the ways of Jesus and and these new family values and priorities, and we are to, to learn and grow as a child of God. A radical transformation can take place in our lives, and we are transferred from being a people living in darkness to a people living in the kingdom of light. And it's a transformation that has such a radical effect that Jesus actually goes on to call his followers, his disciples, the light of the world. If we look at Matthew chapter 5 in verse 14, it says, You are the light of the world. This is Jesus talking to his followers, his disciples. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. If we receive Jesus, his light shines in and through us to transform us to the point where other people see the difference he's made. So let's go back to that question. What are you going to do with Jesus now that we've celebrated his arrival? According to John chapter 1, there's basically two options. You can ignore him or you can receive him. And as I said earlier, receiving him is really a posture of life. It's not a one-time decision from decades ago, but it's a daily receptivity to Jesus. It's giving him permission to be at work in your life. It's allowing his light to shine in and through you and to transform you so that you truly grow up as a child of God. So I want to encourage you to continue to receive him over and over in your life, to grow up in you in him, to learn from him, and to continue to give him permission to do the work that he wants to do in and through you. This weekend, you've maybe received some different gifts, hopefully some really great gifts. And this morning, I want to encourage you to truly receive the greatest gift, the gift of Jesus, the light that shines in the darkness. Embrace your new life in him. And this week, as you look at the week ahead, many of us will take time to reflect on the year that's passed, and maybe we'll look to the year ahead and begin to consider what might need to change, and maybe this will translate into goals or resolutions. And I want to encourage you to consider your relationship with Jesus. What would it look like to receive him anew today or this week or in the year ahead? What changes might need to take place in your life to really embrace your identity as a child of God? And in what ways could you invite the light of Jesus to shine on you in the days to come? So as we consider these questions, let's just pause and pray. Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you are the light of the world and that darkness has not overcome you. 
We thank you that you've come to make a difference in our lives, to, to change us dramatically, to give us a new birth, a recreation as children of God. So Jesus, help us to hear what you're saying to us this morning. What would it look like for each one of us to receive you today and in the days to come and to give you permission to do the kind of work you want to do in our lives, to let your light shine in us and through us so that we can be formed and grow up to be more and more like you. So lead us in these questions. Lead us in the days to come. Lead us in the year to come and help us to embrace our full identity in you. We pray this in your name. Amen. Well, friends, thank you again for joining us for this online liturgy. Let me just leave you with a word of benediction. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope.